Oh, oh, I'm in love. I'm in love with this. What what are we talking about today? <laughs> well, we had several ideas. Um, you know, Gwen's not here. Stevie will have to sit in. So it may not, you know, be quite as pointed as usual, but we talked about coaching versus therapy. We've talked about um, getting comfortable with self, being by self, um, or we could completely shift it up. I love the idea of talking about being by ourselves because I'm going to be by myself again tonight. Aww. So it's very timely for me. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, what do we think about that, about spending time alone? How on a scale of 10 is easy, one is hard. How How is it for you two? For Gwen, it's quite easy. For Stevie, man, that's a struggle. She was always out, you know, always had to have a group, always had to have a partner. Uh, so I think it just is so different depending on your personality. Yeah. Okay. I think... For me, I would much rather be alone than in or with people that I don't care for. Um, like if I have a choice, mm-hmm. you have to be with people who are not your favorites or be alone. I'm like totally alone. Um, and it's been a, it's it's a lot easier for me to spend time alone now. Um, it used to be a lot harder because when I was single, I would feel like sadness or whatever come on. And I would have to remind myself of things that I could do by myself mm-hmm. rather than engage in codependent or not good relationship, you know, mm-hmm. text the person who you don't really like that, that, mm-hmm. but they're, they're a person and they'll, they'll hang out with you so I'd like a list of things to go and do like go to the movies by yourself or go to yoga or do this or do that um but now that I'm this age I am I'm really good with being alone and COVID might have changed my my attitude about it too um I was a lot worse at being alone before um but I'm in New York taking care of my stepson and for the next two weeks, um, I go back to my hotel room alone. It's not my preferred way of being. I'd rather be with my husband, but I'd rather be alone than with people all the time that I'm like, whew, no, thank you. I love that idea, that idea of what would you prefer? You know, because I think it can be a gateway into appreciating our own company when we think about the alternative. And I love that we're talking about this because I think it's a, I think it can sometimes be a taboo subject, um, to admit that being alone might be hard for some people. Um, and the the reverse, admitting that actually you would like to be alone, right? That, that I mean, I think that there can be judgment at both ends of that spectrum. So having a conversation about it, what's hard about being alone? How can we cultivate 
that time and be not afraid of it being a muscle that you have to learn how to use and flex is it's really appealing to me. Um, for myself, um, my relationship with alone time has, I feel like it's gone in chapters and there have been chapters where it's been really hard and there's been chapters when it's been really welcome in my life. Um, I have been in a chapter the last decade where I'm hardly ever alone because I have three kids, you know, and kids are needy (laughs) until they're not. And then they don't, you know, like two of my want anything to do with me, I have to force them. I forced them to have dinner with me last night and um, it was actually really fun, but I had to force it. But so I now find myself in this time frame where I don't, I've, my muscle has atrophied. Your alone muscle? Yes. My alone muscle has atrophied. And so I've had occasion last week, I drove a U-Haul for two days straight and then was alone in the middle of the woods for two more days. And so I was completely you know, alone and didn't have good Wi-Fi either. So I couldn't reliably reach out to anybody. (laughs) Um, What I found, and I imagine this might be true for others too, is that if you don't have your muscle, your alone muscle strong, then what happens when you're alone is negative things come in that, you've been avoiding because you're thinking you were either busy by having the choice of having children or you were busy because you made yourself busy so that you wouldn't have to entertain those thoughts and feelings. And what I found was that all those thoughts and feelings flooded in and a a lot of it was grief I know it's my mom um, this week was six months. And so just a lot of grief and I'm in a huge transition time. And so just lots of those feelings of insecurity and self doubt and just, you know, the discomfort of not knowing what's ahead came flooding in. So what would we tell clients if you guys want to, you can coach me for a minute if you want. And, and, you know, what would we ask clients and what would we tell clients um, so that they could increase their, the quality of their alone time and reduce the, the fear of it. I don't know if I'm ready to coach yet. I guess I'm I'm just trying to mentally think through. You're right. It can go either way. Alone time can be very peaceful and meditative, or it can feel very lonely and isolating. And what is it that causes somebody to go this way or that way? Is it is it the uh, mind prep? Um, I'm not sure. 
I'm not sure. And you said you love the thought of alone time. And and I think about us every day in this house, we all love to sleep in and we all say, oh, we're so tired. We'd love to take a nap. But then at bedtime, which Kate would say is 9 p.m., we'd say it's more like midnight. Are we all like, woo, yay, we're ready to go to bed? No, it's like we resist. I, I, I don't, I don't know. So I'm still thinking. So I think I've been spending decades figuring out how to be alone. Because as I said, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I had my list because I knew that I was uncomfortable doing it. So what what can I do by myself alone? And and what do I enjoy doing by myself alone? And I think of it, um, the analogy that's kind of popping in my head is when you're at work and your your schedule is like all you've got back to back meetings and every moment mm-hmm. every day is scheduled and then there's picking up the kids and then there's feeding the kids and then there's you know baby wash the baby and da, 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 take a shower and put yourself to bed and then all the things the next morning right um, and we all complain about all of that being over scheduled having all these meetings not having a moment to ourselves. But because there is no muscle there, when there is no calendar or you have complete and utter choice over it, what do you choose? And so my my version of this, I guess, is let's reframe it because you get to do anything you want to, right? This isn't you being alone. This is you choosing what you and the committee that you're on with yourself, you and yourself and I get to choose what you want to do. Do you want to go to the beach? Do you want to sit on your deck and glass of wine and read? Do you want to take a walk in nature? Do you, like anything that you want is there for you. You're, you get to have that ultimate, what do I need most in this moment? And then you you get to pick it. Nobody else is competing for that decision in your life. Um, and so kind of, you know, developing spaces in your life where you get to say, what do I need most in this moment? And then do that in, in your loneliness, in your aloneness. Um, now I would couch that with, I'm not a huge fan of being alone in a place where I don't feel safe. It's a whole different ballgame for me, right? Um, but in a place that I feel safe and comfortable and um, confident and I feel like I can own the space, um, I think of it really as an opportunity. And then if those feelings flood in, spend time with those feelings. Maybe, you know, what you need most in this moment is to grieve. Maybe it's to cry. Maybe it's to write. Maybe it's to do none of those things and to, you know, indulge in, in a behavior that you don't get to indulge very often. To watch an entire season of whatever. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it's, it's really a choice of like, oh my gosh, the world is my oyster and, and what could I do with it? But we're so not used to having that. We're, we're used to having the calendar tell us where to do, what to do and where to do it and at what time and, you know, people are depending on us and we'll be late and blah, blah, blah. So it's really an opportunity to flourish in the, in the space. 
and I can just build on that. You said need to be safe. I agree with that completely. And it made me think about, you know, when, when Gwen is alone, generally it's because she's already in a safe place, whether it's her home or if she's traveling for consulting gigs, she picks the same hotel. She gets to know the people. It's a safe place. Um, And so I wonder if some of this anxiety, stress, or or just not liking being alone stems from, you know, our fundamental human need originally is to be in community, to be surrounded by other people who will keep us safe very early on and being excommunicated or feeling like an outlier or being at risk of being told to leave the community, being ghosted you know, passive aggressive, ignoring those are the worst things, the very worst things you can do for us as humans. And so I do think there's something here with, as you're going into alone time, uh, making sure you recognize you are safe. You can reach out to others. You, you have an environment that's comfortable Mm -hmm. and that you see it as time, as as Kate said, to experiment with some new things that you couldn't otherwise do if you had others around. Um, you don't have to just sit and ponder and feel all the feels because the feels might not feel great all the time. The fact that I have two 10-year-olds Making lots of noise in the background is really helping me look forward to my alone time. <laughs> so I find myself with more alone time now than I've had in the past. Um, and what I've been pondering is like, what do what do I never get to do that I really like to do? And um, I do puzzles during Christmas time because there's a 20 of us all usually converge in one house. And I said, you know, someone sets up the puzzle and then it's a really nice benign thing to do with someone else, right? You're alone together is what I call that, right? <laughs> um, so I have a puzzle at my house right now um, that's, you know, has an octopus in it. It's a deep sea puzzle. Um, it's quite difficult, but it's something that I really enjoy doing is putting on a podcast and doing the puzzle. Nice. And it's just something that is, is there. Liz, I think you're also cognitive. Also good for the the anti-dementia brain too. (laughs) Yes. Very good. Very good. Liz, your, your thought about this topic itself highlights that so many times we do on purpose our days and our weeks and our months with just stuff so we don't have to sit with ourselves and yet we're the only one we're born with we're the only one we die with we're the we hear our voice more often than any other voice wherever we go there we are where yeah there (laughs) we are we we just can't get away from it so Mm -hmm. If we can just build the muscle a little bit at a time to learn to just feel comfortable in our own skin, you know, how much better can that be? 
Just to recap some of the things I'd heard. Um, listening to us, I'll refer to the word lonely. Um, caused me to just write down the question that I think would be a, a worthwhile question to spend some time answering for ourselves. And so people listening could maybe um, spend some time with this question. What does it mean to me to be lonely? versus being alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've talked about safety and how important that is in terms of being alone. And as you were talking, Gwen, it occurred to me that there's two different kinds of safety. And there's so there's the physical safety, right? And when I was alone in the woods, I felt physically unsafe for sure. And I brought a huge butcher knife to bed with me. Um, and there's also the psychological safety. So, you know, when we talk about the feelings that we avoid or that we don't make time for, right? Maybe we avoid them by numbing ourselves or we just don't make time for them or we don't have time for them. Yeah. All of those things come into play, right? Um, feeling unsafe, having those emotions, you know, whether it's, grief, missing someone, feeling unsure about your future, um, missing a relationship, um, feeling rejected. You know, you mentioned being ghosted and I get ghosted by my teenagers all the time. (laughs) Yep. Um, so then the, the next question was how can I cultivate feeling safe while being alone? And that applies both to the physical safety and the emotional or mental safety. Um, and then, Kate, you talked a lot about the cultural pressure to be productive that we experience in our work lives and in our personal lives. And and when you were talking about that, it was occurring to me that um, – when we are constantly scheduled, we actually don't have the time to be creative, to be innovative, right? And to do the proactive kinds of work. And that same concept applies to ourselves. And so if we can shift our thinking about it, um, then it can apply in both of those worlds, your work world and your personal world. Um, and then the the last one is really like, what does it look like to foster my personal alone environment and what experiments can I do puzzles and podcasts (laughs) is a great one is a great one and you know honestly what saved me for the what ended up being about 14 hours in a u-haul was a podcast Mm. and it's called smartless and it's Jason Bateman um Sean Hayes and Oh my gosh, the, uh, the other guy, um, he used to be, I think of him as Amy Poehler's ex-husband. Um, but he's an actor. <laughs> and they are friends and they interview people, both culturally um, popular and not culturally popular people. And I listened to that podcast the whole way. And I seriously, I felt like I became friends with them. Yeah. I felt like I was in their podcast with them. Mm-hmm. 
So, so there's also the last final takeaway I think is that is to try to make room for a mixture of both distracting yourself, but also fostering your own creativity, whatever that looks like for you. For some people, it's puzzles. Um, I like those paint by number things, you know, that are probably more for kids, but that's my level of um, artistic ability. And then also making it safe to feel the bad feelings Mm -hmm. that may flow in, whatever those feelings might be. And knowing that the feelings alone, they're not, we're not going to die from them. We won't die from feelings. Nope. And they usually are temporary. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just have to go to bed with a butcher knife and things will feel different the next. That's right. <laughs> yes. The sunshine in the morning changes the whole perspective. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Good you talk. did coach me, Gwen, or sorry, Stevie. Stevie didn't want to coach, but she's, she's not certified, so she shouldn't be. <laughs> right. Doesn't have the right credentials. You can write me a song about loneliness. <laughs> That's true. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. Thank you both. Thank I hope you. you have a good weekend. You too, Stevie. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Bye now.